This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. And then you ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolet. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Welcome to Tinfile Tales. I'm Soss. Hello, listeners. I'm Sandy. In case you're wondering what that intro song was all about, that's a song from Kelly Newton Wordsmith from Western Australia. And why is that significant today? Well, today we have a very special guest all the way from Western Australia. And no, it's not Kelly. (laughs) Because, of course, Soss and I can't keep tabs on everybody as much as we we do try to, right? But our special guest has been keeping us in the loop with all the shenanigans happening over yonder. And boy, are they funny. Western Australia is where you'll find probably the most action as far as pseudo-legal adherents are concerned. They've got sheriffs, ladies of the Vale, Rod Bloody Cullerton, and his many wordy declarations. And... We even have aliens. Look, you're in for a ride today, listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Free. Free. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, And I do, I think I dispute the idea that you guys can't keep tabs on everybody. You seem to do a pretty good job from my experience. There's a lot in WA. There's too much in WA. Yeah, there's a fair bit going on. Yeah, Western Australia is one of those places that I've, every time I pop in to see what they're up to, I'm like, oh, they're so cool. <laughs> like, there's so much going on over there. But then I go, ah, then something happens over near this way and mm. I kind of forget about Western Australia. But, um, yeah, this is fantastic. Let, let's get into it. Okay, yeah. so to start off, let's get to know you a little bit better. So obviously your tweets and insights have been super valuable and just top shelf, intelligent, empathetic. We love you. We call you out a lot on here. We always get your name wrong, but then, <laughs> but then we just ended up shortening you to free because the freest freedom in all of freestan. 
<laughs> it was forever going to be too much for us to remember. So why do you do this? What, like, why do you spend your spare time checking in on all this stuff? We've got our own reasons and what's yours? Yeah, look, I, um, I have kind of been interested in this stuff for, for years, really, like um, from different um, angles, kind of through activism and whatnot and watching kind of far-right movements and whatever. But, and even like in WA, I knew my first Sovsit kind of guy in like 2006, like a guy who was oh, wow. like cha- sort of changed the deeds and t- the, well, changing the, like the kind of, he was started kind of going by, I won't name him, but he started going by like such and such of house, such and such, you know, like, and, and was trying to use that to kind of to get out of paying rates because like he had his own house. And so, yeah, like I was kind of aware of it. I didn't really have a name for it back then, but I was just like, that just does not sound like it's going to work. But he, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and, and I saw that guy not long ago. I don't know if he's still into that stuff, but so I was kind of already a little bit into that, um, aware of it. And then, yeah, I just sort of saw um, this really massive rally happen in WA at the in kind of November of 2022, I guess it was. No, 2021. And there was just a ton of people out at that. And, you know, you was already so seeing, big. yeah, I was already seeing like the pandemic kind of doing what it does with people. But, um, and, you know, I, I saw like Augusto Zimmerman, he's like a WA sort of, right-wing legal scholar he was like oh there was sixty thousand people there but wow um, but like there wasn't but i would down there and there was probably like look i would i would give them twenty thousand, maybe which is massive That's like huge. it was, it was yeah, definitely like yeah. it was definitely at least ten thousand. but yeah it was huge but it was kind of like what was kind of uh, one of the reasons i sort of started documenting it was because i saw a a lot of people there who had like had their had their Aussie flags, they had their red ensigns, they had their Eureka flags. There was like a lot of One Nation presence there, and I was like, it looked like a Reclaim Australia kind of rally almost, mm. but it just didn't have that same like anti-immigration sort of thing. There was a bit of like there was definitely some anti-communist, anti-China stuff going on, but it was mm. just mixed up with all this. But there were some of those sort of figures there. There were some of those far-right figures there, like. And there was also just this big swirling mess of other stuff there. You know, you had your kind of your, your kind of more recent kind of QAnon stuff that kind of came out of it, and you had like all your kind of anti-vaxxers, and you had just general kind of like, I guess you're kind of people who just hate anything new. Like, and there was, it was just like this huge kind of swirling mass of people that kind of were there, and I was like. And I was kind of a little bit worried because I was like, all these people that are now in the same space, they kind of come from different ways, but now they're sort of unified around a kind of message mm. and they're susceptible to people kind of um, making the most of that, I guess, like trying to yeah. mm-hmm. trying yeah. to like manipulate them or message, recruit, like, from, yeah, them recruit from them, drop their own message, drive the movement, pull money from the movement, all these kind mm. of things. And yes. so... And, yeah, and because it was so massive uh, and happening just here, I was like, well, look, I'm going to start actually paying a bit more attention to the goings-ons of this particular movement. 
as a, and yeah. and yeah, so that's kind of how I started doing it. And I started dropping mm. stuff on Twitter, and then I kind of met you guys, and yeah. Yeah, then there's, there's a whole uh, community of people keeping an eye on all, all of this stuff, just really interested. Yeah. It's funny on. because, like, sometimes, you know, like, well, someone will say something on a Twitter feed or something about, you know, now that uh, now that mandates are over and people have gone back to work, that somehow, you know, it'll all disappear. Yeah. And I think that's the point that we always try to say was, no, this existed before the pandemic came there was already all these little fractured groups there was some folk over here about 5g and some people over there about fluoride in the water and some people over here worried about vaccines yeah all the pandemic did was kind of make them all find each other yeah Yeah. exactly yeah they had one purpose didn't they yeah and they got to kind of like what i always kind of call they kind of made like like the QAnon thing is kind of like an open source cult people got to kind of just plug in their own their own kind of little narratives, but then they're in these kind of yeah. groups and they became isolated from friends and family, but found mm. themselves in these other groups. And then say like at those big rallies where you do have, like when you go to a rally and there's 20,000 people, you feel validated and you feel kind Absolutely. of excited mm. and, you know, that's a real buzz. And it's actually like it, it kind of, a lot of the time I feel like some of those rallies, that's part of what they're for because they don't always like, you're not always going to get the government to back down from something by having a rally, but you coalesce a movement and you get, make everyone feel yeah. like they're part of it. And it, and it yep. kind of drives the movement forward by having such big turnouts. It's, inspir- it's inspiring, right? Yeah, it's a vibe. And we still see that, like on Saturdays, even though they're smaller groups now, like quite often before they march, you see them and someone's brought some bickies and someone else has made a cake. And, you know, it's really incredibly social. They all sit around for an hour before they start marching and chat about their lives and, yeah, it's like they've created. Which is nice until they start talking about, you know, drag queens and all of that and then you go, oh, God. Yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. I mean, look, we and we out of this kind of, we've got like a few groups that are kind of, you know, I think we'll talk about some of them in this in the podcast, but like, you know, we probably won't touch on say like the umbrella people or whatever, who as far as I know, I haven't mm. looked back on everyone, but they've been going out every day for like probably yeah. nearly two years now. Two years. Like, yeah. and just. She's yeah. Karen Brewer day. <laughs> yeah. They're just standing at the, like at the governor general's house on the governor's yeah. house. Sorry, not the governor general. But, and talking to the little machine, like just stand there with umbrellas. And achieving absolutely Pushing nothing. the little button. Yeah. Good morning, security. Good morning, Governor. My name is Lee. I've been a uh, frontline emergency services worker for over 34 years. I have lost confidence in the current West Australian Parliament due to the overreaching governance. I instruct you as the people's representative to the Crown to dissolve the Parliament and issue the writs for a fresh election today. But yeah, like they they formed a little group. They've, they've yeah. kind of got their little leader. But they're stuck in that. They love it. They do it. Well, I don't know if they love it, but they do it. They think they're changing something. Yeah, yeah it's social. Yeah. And I think yeah. one thing that we're like quite often surprised about is how many contacts we get from people through Twitter to tell us a story about a family member or a friend. I mean, even the recent one that we did on Sasha Stone, which I thought was going to be a little bit too obscure, someone actually dropped into the comments and said, oh, it was actually Sasha Stone 
that peeled their son. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, but he's so widespread, you know. You get those messages and you're just like, wow, like it really has a, a lot of people have been affected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 far reaching. I think that's what I think that's what really what what happened with the pandemic is it kind of like there was all the ingredients were there, but people didn't really un- quite understand what they were or what they what they could be when they were together. You know, and so now um, people saw, oh, all of a sudden they're like, because there's, you had all these people who were kind of already primed for conspiracies, you know, they'd already kind of believed in 9-11, they, some of them had believed in like 2012. They, they have this kind of like conspiratorial net framework that they can plug things into. And then suddenly they're yeah. like, oh, you've got the 5G people dropping in, dropping that into your worldview. And then so all those things were kind of there. <laughs> And then you have those really big kind of nodes, people like Sasha Stone, who have massive platforms. They, yeah. un- they are underground, but not completely. I mean, that guy is kind of mainstream in his own way. Yeah. Yeah, they end up in all each other's uh, platforms, don't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> talking to each other. Yeah. So uh, what has been the most troubling thing you have seen within the movement over in Western Australia, though? Um. Yeah, look, it's it's one of those questions I think that is difficult to answer. Like, because where does the movement begin and where does the movement end? Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah, like I'm concerned a little bit about some of the. It's all it's always the kind of the the sort of the far the more far right stuff that I find most concerning when, when it's kind of, especially over here because we have had that in a major way. Like we had like you know Jack Van Tongren with these like terrorist mm. organization in the in like the you know 20 years ago but also i mean 30 40 years ago as well but like kind of they they rose again in like the early 2000s you know i, I used to be pulling down stickers when they re sort of branded as the australian national australian nationalist workers movement but um the yeah but you've got because you've got like some pretty prominent sort of right-wing folks over here they're not they're not like they're not your big names like your like your kind of Thomas Sewells or whatever, but they're adjacent to them. They're connected. You've got some yep. folks here who are like Australia First guys. They went out, one of them who's a serial pest over here, went and just with a group of five people, one of them is a former One Nation um, candidate, and just went and hassled the a pride flag raising event at a local council. Just like there was hardly anybody else there, yeah. but they rocked up just to kind of cause a bit of trouble and have their like signs and and he's, you know, he's 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 been at like, he's been doing this for quite a while. He's at anti-abortion rallies. He's at your at pro-abortion rallies. He goes to kind of antagonise pro-abortion rallies. So he rocks up to like queer events or drag story hours, things like that. Is that the recent one with drag queen story hour? There was something over there at a bookshop, or is am I thinking of the same, the right place? So you've got over here. You have um. There's a bookshop over here called Rabble Books, which has uh, often organises these events. They're like kind of like an activist, yeah, um, and sort of uh, queer friendly uh, bookstore. And yeah, they, yeah. They, they got into tr- they got into like trouble a few years ago because they sort of banned uh, J.K. Rowling's books, and then they kind of earned themselves some international trolling, some international reputation from that. And since then, they have like continually kind of 
partnered with libraries and councils to try and 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 the queer community to try and do these sort of story hours and stuff. So they've kind of attracted a bit of attention. But yeah, no, there was some there was a, a drag story hour at a library in Perth and one at Maylands Library. Just some That's just the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so and but the, you know the one at Perth Library there was way more of the counter protesters like the kind of the your kind of like your far right your Christian sort of far right Christians and a handful of like these Australia First types and you know some some other kind of just a bunch of the faces over here from this from the sort of yep. the quote unquote freedom movement but when they rocked up at Maylands they were completely outnumbered the local sort of um, I local kind of queer sort of activists really pulled it pulled it out and they way outnumbered them which was really great to see yeah they're very good aren't they yeah but it's still an issue that they are kind of continually agitating and you know it's it's hard to know where that's going to lead to, but because those guys, they aren't just against drag queens. Some of those guys are just absolute racist dogs, you know, and they, they sort yeah, of spend yeah. a lot of time online really advocating very anti-Aboriginal stuff, and mm-hmm. that has an effect over here, you know. Like, like we have had, like, absolute heinous hate crimes over here in, like, the last yeah. year or so. It was, yeah. like, Cassius mm-hmm. Turvey or whatever, yeah. where you basically had, like, a lynching, and that's not Ugh. that's not the that's not that unheard of over here. You had something with Elijah Doherty in Kalgoorlie, oh like a few a few years before that. And you know, there's kind of racist policing issues over here. There's some progress over here to be sure in these spaces, especially in policy. But again, like this same movement came out so strong against like the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act, which yeah um, was a recent kind of. Um, I guess it's like, you know, it's controversial. It's a government attempt to sort yeah. of, to deal with the reality that Indigenous people have sites in this country that don't yeah. necessarily have protection under sort of your normal law framework. Yeah. And, you know, we had the blowing up of Jook and Gorge over here, which was an international kind of like incident. So you've yeah. got this yeah. kind of like, interest from the government to try and balance that out in some way Mm. but the response to that was incredibly racist like lies and treating it like it's and then and that kind of conspiratorial thing but so yeah that's sort of like real racist aspect of it which isn't always Mm. in the freedom movement itself like very explicitly and it kind of goes either way they have a lot of like indigenous leaders that they like even if it's only ones they really agree with yeah, it seems to be a kind of crossing into potentially exploitation yeah. of that, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that so that's the kind of stuff that really gets to me, I guess, is really bothers yeah, me is sure. is when you're seeing these kind of folks like that who because they are going to the same events as these other people and they're trying to influence mm-hmm. them, they're trying to and they're trying to use their yeah. numbers to back their you know, so if you because if you if those guys rock up an event, they've got a hundred people there. Well, it looks like there's a hundred people at their event, but it's not. It's just like they rock up yeah. and you know. Anyway, yeah, so they hijack it a little bit and but, it makes them look better. Yeah, I do worry we have that about over that. here too. Yeah, I worry about the kind of yeah. the effect on the racist stuff mostly. Sure. It's like what I really get 
concerned about. I saw, like speaking about that Cultural Heritage Act, I saw a post from someone in the freedom community here trying to stir up that same fear um, because the Aboriginal Heritage Association here in Victoria has made recommendations to the government that says, hey, we should have more powers to do exactly what you're talking about. Like, we shouldn't have to ask to go on the property that has a cultural heritage site that we need to protect. Mm. We shouldn't need to get permission from someone to be able to do that. We should just be able to do that. But, of course, it's being blown up as, you know, People can come on your property whenever they want and come into your house. And it's like, this just doesn't even remotely say any of that. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, there's a similar level of disinformation with this because people are like, oh, you can't dig a hole in your backyard. But the Act explicitly said you anything that you kind of would have been doing before, you can continue to do more or less. But if there are, if you have areas where there's like, like they, but then they have like this, this website, this map where it's like, these are like culturally um, sensitive areas. If you, you, so it's your responsibility if you're doing some major works that is different to yeah. anything else that you've done, you know. But if you're like repairing your fence or you need to put another fence across your property, yeah. pretty much you're going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like not, no one's stopping you from yeah. planting bloody potatoes in your backyard or whatever. But that's how they painted it. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. The New World Order, like it's they, the cabal, right? Yeah. We're yeah, not totally allowed. We're not allowed it. to grow our own vegetables in Victoria, just so you know. Like Dan, oh, Dan outlawed that. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to go like international right. parks anymore and pick up a stick either. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's also banned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. It's like they really do. They just take the they just take the most extreme outcome they can imagine, and then they right. just literally claim it's true. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm curious about how you would describe the movement in Western Australia. So, for example, over here in Melbourne, our movement is vastly political anti-Dan stuff, you know, and it will still be, even though he's gone. Whereas I feel like in New South Wales, it is more about the vaccines. Mm. We know you have the infamous Wayne Glue living in his van down by the river. It feels very much about the sovsits there. But in general terms, how would you describe it? Um... Look, I think I think it was very sort of anti-mandate and anti-McGowan for sure. And you had the same kind of rhetoric over here, like McGowan is basically a communist. He's basically owned by China and yada, yada, as opposed to being owned by like Rio Tinto and uh, BHP, <laughs> which is actually more of the case, um, or Woodside. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so there was definitely that, and it was like it was very strong anti-mandate themes, and but there's I think I feel like the sort of sovereignty thing it, it's it's had a long history here, I guess. This sort of like the various ways of kind of claiming your or renouncing your place in the the current society and using kind of like this you know bespoke interpretations of like archaic mm. legal doctrines to kind of like yeah to sort of claim that you are you are you are not under the jurisdiction of the of the normal powers and yeah so that's definitely a thing here and so i think you know you've got your normal stuff and i feel like which is present in all these sort of things all your sort of major centers and even some of the regional areas you're kind of like your general kind of like you know cookers for want of a better word but 
I feel like the the sort of the sovereign sort of citizens, your pseudo legal adherents or whatever here, they're pretty organized um, mm. comparatively. That's not to say that they're constantly doing stuff, but they're kind of constantly doing stuff as well. Like they, <laughs> they feels like it. Yeah, they are, and they've you know they're kind of. I can kind of go into a little bit of background if you like now, or yeah, for sure, yeah. So yeah, so because like, you know you've in Perth, you've kind of got your well, not just Perth, but let's start in Perth. You've got your main sort of uh, common law sheriffs, you know, and. And you know you've got sort of your common law folks in every part of the country, but they. These I feel are, like I'm more familiar with them with the yeah. common law stuff. I'm more familiar with it. I hear about it more. Okay. Yeah, and so the, yep. so you, you've got your the Sovereign People's Assembly of WA, which is a a group that sort of it sort of came onto the scene in um, January of two thousand twenty twenty two, and it was part of like. Uh, you know, Lynn Bennett's Velvet Revolution, right? So it was January 31st. Oh, really? They had this, like, National Day of Action. And on that day, these guys came out and they went down to this police station in Northbridge, just like a central <laughs> a central suburb, and they had a mob of people with them. <laughs> and they went in there, some of them in their purple uniforms, and that's what kind of struck everybody because these guys are, like, got their matching yeah. purple polo shirts, you know, no, no sheriff's badges, not like Sandy Crack stuff, but, like, but they've got, but they're all unified. You know, the crowd wasn't, mm-hmm. but and they went in there and they've handed over these documents saying, "Oh, we want to, we are calling for the arrest of Mark McGowan and Kim Beasley and all the other premiers in the country and the prime minister and whatnot." And the cops are just like, "Oh wow, oh, whatever." <laughs> I guess so. Um, and then on that same day, like you know, which is kind of interesting because on the same day. Wayne Glue was doing a live stream talking about this. He wasn't there, but he's like, "Oh, these guys are kind of." going in there and calling for the arrests and blah, blah, blah. And Wayne Glue got arrested for saying that exact kind of stuff like a month later, but from a different oh, live stream. Right. But they yeah. essentially did the same. He wasn't even there. No, he wasn't there for that. But but so the sheriffs kind of came out of Wayne Glue's orbit, right? So yeah. he's definitely he's definitely like the god daddy. Yoda. Yeah, he's like Yoda to them. But they've <laughs> but they've kind of come out, so you know, they've kind of come out of that they, they had they've used that moment, that sort of Lynn Bennett's revolution moment to sort of yeah. to really sort oh, of wow. they've got a deadline, you know, they've got someone to aspire to. But they'd kind of come out of like um <laughs> sort of Mike Mike Holt's kind of common law assemblies mm. as well. Mm-hmm. So uh which again I feel like it's just a way for people to try their hand at this sort of stuff you just sign up for it you just get a get a little group going and we've got a couple there's a bunch of groups over here you know there's one in Kalgoorlie as well that which is kind of funny because I was reading the minutes for them and one of them was like oh in the minutes somebody's like oh Jews uh run the cabal blah 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 I was just oh like it's, this is like in the minutes they're documenting this stuff oh no it's uh, totally normal yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> Fantastic stuff! Like um, it's always there. It's always there, isn't it? Yeah, it's is like it's just in them, and then it just comes out all yeah, of a sudden. They can't but, help themselves. But this is in between, <laughs> like other stuff of like, oh, you know, we, that somebody mentions that the solar flares, and we need to put out into the universe what we want to manifest, and uh, at <laughs> World Economic Forum, oh, the Antichrist. Uh, they're just like and you the know, Jews. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it's and, and and then of course the busy bee that they're going to do, um, you know. It's like, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's the Kalgoorlie 
So that's like your Kalgoorlie <laughs> sort of like sovsits. And they had a big discussion about dividing the sovsits from the tribe, the Kalgoorlie Boulder tribe, which is kind of like the, the anti-mandate collective that popped up out there. And it's, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so, you know, the Perth sheriffs came out of that as well. Um, and Mike Holt did, wasn't, wasn't really into them. He said their, their, their minutes, the Perth minutes were atrocious um, or something like that, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but then they also oh, sort Mikey's of. Mikey's perfect. Can I just say, could, can I stick with my, <laughs> my theme now? Is it just me or is Mike Holt, if Wayne glues Yoda, who does Mike Holt remind you of? Oh my god! Do you, do you watch Star Wars? Yeah, I do. But... Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Don't you think? I guess. I mean, he he does like run a website where there's a whole bunch of Nazi apologies shit on there. So I guess he is is a kind of he's a total villain. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I've just I've just Googled up Jabba the Hutt because it's been a while for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he's That's like, funny sauce. Yeah, he's like Citizens Initiated <laughs> Referendum website has so much Nazi apology shit on there. It's crazy. It's not always by him, but it's like one of the other guys who who runs it. But yeah, so but yeah, so but the but the sheriffs is kind of like they came, they kind of also came out of this like these two women. Names uh, Cherie Turner and and Manis Sineno, uh, or Mandy Sineno, and like they're just characters in their own right. And they used to have they they used to be yeah. like Trump twenty twenty kind of girls. And then they were like, um, then they sort of started doing this thing called Perth Patriots. And the Perth Patriots also had like snazzy oh, matching oh shirts. And they organised some. They also wow. organised some like pretty big rallies. Um, a really big one up in Kings Park. It kind of made the news because there were some like proud boys there and whatnot. It was like one of the early, <laughs> early sort of anti-lockdown rallies or, or whatnot. I loved uh, looking at Cherie's socials. She's funny as she's just this older older lady, you know. But um, she's just out there with her helmet and skate well scooter, yeah. I think. And she's just doing little selfies of herself with music. Oh, she's mm. just so free. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought she was gorgeous. She is, yeah. But like, I Cher- think her views are pretty crap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, Cherie's, Cherie's hilarious. I've, like, I've seen her out at one of their events, like, in her uniform, just dancing carefree to I Shot the Sheriff. <laughs> like, and it was just like, I was just like, the irony, I was just, just like watching. I was like, does she know or does she, like, not know? Like, can she not? Because she's just so carefree. She's got to. But then I've also seen her out the front <laughs> yeah. of, like, you know, a drag queen story hour, rubbing shoulders with freaking Nazis or whatever. Like, you know, so. Oh, and, and then, and then, and then Mandy, who is the other one, like, she, and they're both still heavily involved in the sheriff stuff. Like, um, Mandy, I've seen her, like, she's got like an 122 page document that she sent to the cops over a, a speeding fine that she got. And, oh, and like, you know, <laughs> going into like kind of how she just laid out this kind of preamble talking about the nature of truth and, and all this sort of stuff. It was like just wild. <laughs> but she's also, and she was also kind of like, which is kind of a theme in these guys, which she was kind of into um, astral projection and stuff like that as well. Um, oh, okay, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, yeah, so, like, in about <laughs> – but, but, but it's kind of like – so you've got these sheriffs kind of kicking off in like that sort of January, but in August the year before, they were already putting call-outs for people to sort of join their, their kind of common law assembly groups 
and they were and to join them at um, there's a tavern in town in the northern suburbs called Sixty Thirty, and that's kind of a prominent tavern within the the sort mm. of I've seen the I've seen yeah, that one the freedom up. movement. So yeah. like the sheriffs meet there. There's there's been a bunch of different oh, stuff happening. They've they've they run their in, own pub. They've run their own. They they basically do. They run their own inductions there. There's kind of like right wing radio <laughs> shows that kind of are attached to it as well. Oh wow. Um and so oh, and then so God. but by December. They've put a call out on Telegram for actual sheriffs to be inducted, and and that the induction process is basically across Zoom, and you but you get a week's worth of training, and then that's just in time for that that sort of original Velvet Revolution thing, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. See, because we 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 had Lynn, yeah. So we didn't have sheriffs. We had a, a day of of Lynn with Peter Liddell visiting every single government building in the city and putting their little notice yeah, yeah. up and Lynn saying on the live if 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 anyone sees anyone in any of these buildings text me on my mobile <laughs> we'll get the sheriffs down here to like yeah. evict them and it's like they literally walked the entire city they went to every police station all the court buildings, major government <laughs> buildings, Parliament House, and later in the day, after they went down to the governor's residence, that was the last place. And after they went down there, I'll never forget it. Peter Little trotted himself back up to Parliament, and like all the notices had been, oh god, <laughs> already been yeah, I know. <laughs> and Lynn's gone. Lynn's gone. Where is she? Is she in Western Australia. I don't know where she is. No, I- Lynn. Don't no, hear from her I anymore. think Lynn, I want to say that Lynn lives somewhere around Phillip Island or somewhere. I don't know, but she, remember she had that big day where she was meant to arrest everybody and then they never arrested anybody and then no. she went away. Yeah, they, they were going to be armed. They were talking about arming their sheriffs yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, yeah, because like she, but she, because she, she had Sandra Crack's like thumbprint on those documents as well. And like, Correct. So Crack she had did. probably like kind of souped up with all these ideas about sheriffs and whatnot. <laughs> um and and you know and they they do have nice badges the um the Sandra Crack troopers yeah they got like they got really nice little kind of like metal badges on the charge of violation of the Nuremberg Code how does the jury find the defendants guilty of violation of the Nuremberg Charge of genocide. How do you, how do you, the jury, find the defendants? Guilty on the charges of genocide. On the charge of human trafficking, how do you find, how does the jury find the defendants? Guilty on the charge. All guilty. absolute favorite thing about western australia is the sheriffs and their trials and all of that like these are adults who are live action role playing i just find that so bizarre so tell us more about these sheriffs <laughs> so yeah like i kind of I sort of you know gave you guys a bit of a background on them and so at the moment what they what they've been doing for the last i guess like year or so is they've really gone into doing uh some live 
like you say, laughing. They're doing some like live action role play. That, and they've even kind of been criticized by some people for that, that say that's all they're doing. Whereas they kind of think, no, no, we are, we are really doing this sort of stuff. They believe but they will it, organize. don't they? I think some of them genuinely absolutely oh believe God. it. Sure. And so they, they have like distinct uniforms. They, they will have, because they have the purple shirt sheriffs. And then when they're having these juries, they will have people there in like a grey uniform who are like your court your court officers, and yeah. they will have like they will have put the word out for jurors to come on to come down to this event, and they'll keep the jurors in a separate room, and like they'll, they'll have them come out and listen to all the facts. And but the thing is, like everybody is kind of connected. Like the people, like the, the person who's kind of running the court is one of the sheriffs. The people who are presenting the case are sheriffs. The or the the kind of the, the jurors, they're they they they're not it's not like they're drawing from the general public. They're just drawing from people that are in their orbit, who kind of already believe all this sort of stuff. I'm surprised they don't get uniforms, to be honest. And they don't really have any yeah. like, but they they'll have like wit like they'll I won't say witnesses because they don't bring anybody out who from outside in to like kind of talk about it. But they have like they they themselves get up and like deliver kind of like testimony, I guess, on the things that they're talking about. And they have like a 100% strike rate, right? Prosecution, the prosecutor's Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's guilty. Yeah, no, I think I think, I think think every lawyer in the country should take notes at, at their success rate and like learn a thing or two from them about <laughs> how to actually, how to prosecute a case. Just read um, the court. Because, but they, they have, just the kind of the usual as well they've charged like every prime minister yeah. and every premier with like crimes against humanity yeah. and yada yada and but i think they did send to when they did their first one like that i think they sent letters out to all of them and i think one of these politicians did respond to them and was like uh no i'm not coming to you <laughs> like your little thing. thanks thanks for the invitation but yeah. no i won't be attending <laughs> Yeah, but like, but I know you want to talk about there's a there's a because there was a recent incident over here with a, a one of the sheriffs whose name was Jeff Price, who was involved in like a relatively high profile manhunt for a couple of young mm. kids, and so part of their recent like one of the more recent kind of court cases that they held was related to these kids in that incident, and they managed to charge like the I think it was the the president of like the magistrates in Bunbury, the, the, the one of the some of the managers of the hospital down there, some cops, whole bunch of staff from Department of um, Department of Community, which is basically the, the department that's in charge of child protection services, and you know they just ran this little. But again, they had jurors, they had the whole deal, so they're kind of quite organised, and they've, I've even seen them doing things where they have um, – I've seen someone go out and they were doing, like, home care and they had a green uniform. They have marriage celebrants in white uniforms. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they, they kind of – they're really invested in And this. I think as well they're also influencing other places. I'm not sure if you saw there was recently a woman called Deborah Robinson. Robertson? I can correct myself. She – she actually had been um, charged ages ago. <laughs> she went on the lam and eventually the police caught her and she went into court and she had them all, like a whole heap of people went with her. One of them is like a sheriff 
And they went into the court and the magistrate had already warned her, don't be doing any of your <laughs> don't be doing any of your weird talking stuff. Like I'm not gonna have that in my court. And of course, she did. You know, she did the whole I am a living being woman and blah, 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 blah. And the magistrate's like, yep, that's it. I'm out of here. So the magistrate got up and left. So as soon as the magistrate left, they all went down into like the well of the course and ran their own court. And (laughs) yeah, some of them acted as jurors and someone else acted as the prosecution (laughs) And yeah, and of course, all the charges were, surprise, dismissed. And then they're out the front of the court and the cops are like, so yeah, you need to come back into the court. And they're like, no, 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 we've had the case. All the charges were dismissed and now she's done a bunk and the police are looking for her again. (laughs) That's amazing. I guess you've got to hand it to these people. They really do just not care. They wholeheartedly (laughs) believe it. of your property is nine-tenths of the law. The fact is the current state government has no jurisdiction over Crown titles and is in violation to 2-2 Constitution Act 1889, devoid of the Queen of the United Kingdom and her other realms. The importance of this law cannot be understated and it manifests the importance of the critical event of 1973 where a government and a parliament that was the Commonwealth by nature and under the Crown of the United Kingdom, Northern Ireland and Scotland in accord with the Constitution introduced 1900, ceased to exist, exist to be usurped and replaced with a government and parliament under invented and pretended authority and alternative office of the Queen named Queen of Australia. All right, so let's break down the characters that are in Western Australia. I think we need to start with the famous or infamous Rod Cullerton, hey? Oh, I love Rod. Yeah. I love him. The former, the former senator, as he likes yeah. to be called. He really is a bit of the backbone of the pseudo-legal movement, I think, for a lot of people. Like, he really is held as some mm. former senator expert guy. Um, yeah, yeah, Like, absolutely. a lot of them really... Yeah, like he's got a lot of, um, like they just seem to, I don't know what it is. Maybe he, he is very well-spoken. He's very engaging. He does a lot of content and they they generally do love him. Uh, we did speak about him back in episode 11 where we looked at a lot of people in the movement. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go and have a listen. I really like that one. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And it's worth going back and revisiting. You did an mm. excellent job showcasting his funniest moments, like the ants crawling in, into his pants after he leaned <laughs> on the tree. And did you see the one where he recently ate yes. a fly? So yes. uh, the, the insects of Australia are out to get him. And I think Rod <laughs> is the first to eat Z-bugs. Yeah, the mini beasts. Yeah. Mini beasts <laughs> ate Rod for some reason. <laughs> But in true Rod fashion, even when that fly flew in his mouth, he just acknowledged that he had a fly 
He acknowledged that he swallowed he showed it us. and he just kept going. He was yeah. on his tongue. Uh, anyway. <laughs> kept going. Uh, he, yeah, Rod is irrepressible. He is. And, you know, I didn't really pay too much attention to Rod back in the day, but going through some old footage in preparation for this episode, I saw our mate Rod on stage at Epic. Mm. I had forgotten about that, to be honest. I I didn't realise he was there at that time. But anyway, like, let's face it, they all were at Epic. So this bit comes to no surprise to me, really. I mean, Epic was started by a prepper guy in a massive truck driving all the way from Western Australia, Jim Greer. Certainly was. What a character that guy was. But while Rod was on stage, he introduced Darren Dixon, who has really been in our focus range lately. My Place's Darren Bergworth has spoken of a mentor of his, and we believe Darren is it. But let me tell you, this gentleman dissected the constitutional report, and I'll let him explain to you the truth of what really happened to our great nation. Thank you guys, you are the uncontrollable, undeniable Commonwealth, the people of the Commonwealth. Never forget that. You are the Parliament, not them. You empower them, you empower the Parliament. Do not take any other thing except for that. Now what we wanted to speak about and tell you about was in 1988, there was a Constitutional Commission report. This report basically tried to bring about and legalise, bring into law, the misgivings of the Labor Party in 1973 when they created an alternate title for the Queen, known as the Queen of Australia. There is a document called the Lindell Document from 1973, a law officer of the Commonwealth in the Attorney General's office where he advised that there is no head of power under the Constitution to create an alternate title for the Queen. And what did the Labor Party do? They went ahead and did it and stole your Commonwealth. Now in those reports, the Constitutional Commission reports, there were great people on that, uh, on that uh, commission like uh, Gough Whitlam, Leslie Zines, and these people tried to bring about 43 bills to change the Constitution. The first one was to recognise the Queen of Australia, a referendum to the people, but it never bought, was brought to you. The second one was a bill to change the Constitution so as to allow senators and members of the House of uh, Reps to swear oaths of allegiance to the Constitution. They tried to remove the Queen and replace her with the Queen of Australia. They failed because they never brought those documents to you, the people, to decide to change the Constitution to recognise that Queen. But guess what? They went ahead and did it anyway. So now you have every Senator and every Minister, everyone in the House of Reps, they all sit illegally under an alternate queen. They have sworn to a foreign power. Have you heard of the Queen of Australia conspiracy, Sosin Free? Rod brings it up quite often. Yep, 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 yep. It is one of the cornerstones of their movement. Uh, they use it a lot, basically, to say that laws don't apply to them. 
that's pretty much just another one of those that they pull that card out. They do, say, don't ah, they? Who's the Queen of Australia? Ah, where's your jurisdiction? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of like, yeah, once I once I knew about the conspiracy with this the Queen of um, Australia, I now hear it all the time. I hear it everywhere. I'm like, oh, it really is. But anyway, here's a quick rundown. So when Australia's constitution was created and we had Foundation Day, there were steps to make Australia independent of the Commonwealth while still serving the Queen. In line with this, the Royal Styles and Titles Act was passed by Parliament in 1953. The Queen's title was changed from the Queen of the Commonwealth to the Queen of Australia. The conspiracy is that this was done illegally and is why you hear it spoken about a lot more from people around the place. It was actually put to court in 1998 where Judge Haynes presided over five cases and heard them all together due to their similar claims. You can find this by searching JUICE, that's J-O-O-S-S-E, versus Australian Securities and Investment Commission. These claimants were arguing that the title change of the Queen of Australia was a break in sovereignty. So while this claim was tested in court, they were not able to prove their claim and the cases were dismissed with costs and a precedent was set. But that is not stopping the likes of Darren Dixon and Rod making the claim anyway. Mm. All the way back in episode two, actually, we played a clip of um, Graham Hood reading a declaration out the front of old Parliament House during EPIC. And that declaration that he read out was, in fact, written by Rod. (laughs) And now he's pulling a new stunt where he's looking for signatories. Free, do you know about that? Yeah, look, I know about it. Um, I probably, like, not as much as you guys do on this one, unfortunately. But, like, I do know that he, like, you know, you have to sign it with wet ink. I know that much. Like, it's, like, it's very, it's very proper. He's trying to get over to, he's trying to get into the House of Lords. He is. He's, like, he's trying to go above, above and beyond on this one, I think. Um, Although I don't know how he's going to go with his heart attack, how he's going (laughs) to go travelling over. But I don't know if anything can stop him, really. We did have a freedom protester here, um, Judy B, who has uh, who's been trying to get signatures here. So at all these little rallies, you Judy B will pop up and be like, "Please come and sign this form. We need a hundred thousand signatures so Rod can go to England." <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, so but silly. you're right. Like pe- people love him though. Like he's yeah. they really do. I think people consult him like they should be consulting their actual sitting members. Like, or their lawyers? They, yeah, like they exactly. They literally treat him like he is a legislator, and yeah. like and they they come to him with their grievances and they come to him, him with their concerns and like because he and he's a busy bee. He's like all over the state doing well, most, mostly the southwest. He doesn't really get up to the north much, but he's all over the place doing these little things. Like he in August, he was a part of like this thing with. Landgate, which is like you know, it deals with your the titles of your houses and like land acquisitions and things like yeah. that. And they were digitizing their their titles and deeds and like, well, that's the worst thing you could do to a bunch of like kind of mm-hmm. sovereign citizen minded people. Yeah. Right? And he had a whole bunch of people down at the Landgate trying to get printed out versions of their like deeds and titles because they were going to the, they're going to d- digital and. That was like an infringement on their sovereignty and they're trying to take away your land and it's a part of the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act. That's what he was that's what they were sort of like oh going in. So he so we had all these people who were all whipped up about the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act and 
So, like, it was just another part of this whole thing because he spoke at some other events and he was running around the, the country, like, arguing against that as well. And, like, mm. and the, as you can see with, like, the voice vote, like, yeah, being against, uh, like, you know, well, look, that's a very complicated topic, but, like, the way a lot of people here perceive it is, like, any sort of discussion about any type of progress related to Aboriginal people is a no-no and they will mm. come out against it. And so, like, and it, so, yeah, he, he's still out there doing that sort of stuff, even though he would, he'd be like, I'm not a racist, blah, 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 but he's definitely, like, out there still mm. sort of, like, promoting these kind of, like, you know, he wants, he's promoting Australia as it used to be, the sort oh, of, yeah. you know, the kind yeah. of that sort of, like, idealised state of Australia Correct. that a lot of these yeah. folks really long for where they felt Absolutely. at home and where they feel yeah, like they it's do. all because they now feel like it's all been taken away from them. Yeah. Rod's still one of those guys. He just tends to like Definitely. talk a lot about it. I actually saw a live um I think we probably watched this all of us we've seen the same one now. Rod Rod's back from the dead. So he did a live today saying that he wasn't gonna say too much about what happened and then proceeded. <laughs> <laughs> to just keep talking, to just keep talking about what happened, which is always what Rod does. He always says, "Oh, there's probably not too much I can say about that," and then proceeds to tell you all about exactly. it. Exactly. And then half an hour later, yeah. great. Obviously, all the cops are being taken to court. He's suing them all. He's pretty mm. angry about yeah, that. Right, oh, Rod. Door that they opened. <laughs> he just kept going on about it. I, I, do you, I, I don't know if you, do you see guys see the video of the cops kicking in that door. Yes. They yeah, didn't I did. kick it in. They tried. <laughs> That's a pretty right. solid door. It, like, yeah. it was actually kind of funny to watch because it looked like they were really trying to be like proper cops in movies, trying to kick in the right. door. <laughs> like, it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But he's um, he's super bad at Monica <laughs> because she left like really mean messages on his page. But This is so silly. Not actually Monica Smith. <laughs> that fake Monica Smith profile has been around for so long and I couldn't tell you how many times it's actually done this, like how yeah. many times that profile has gone onto someone's page and that page is then like fired right up only to find out <laughs> later that it's not Monica and Monica always tries to, that's not me. Can everyone please report this again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, little things like that make you laugh. You know, um, I know Monica Smith, uh, and I, I was sent a, a post from her. I mean, she used to ring me to ask me what to do, but um, I haven't seen her win too many. And, and even though there has been progressive court cases, what Monica Smith doesn't realise is that we were playing the busted wing of a duck to take the fox away from the chicks. In other words, we were, we were doing all of this to get the evidence and understand what this ANZ, what this rural program was. So Monica Smith, we have won at every post. And, I, and here's, a good, here's a good clear question for you. Uh, not a question, here's a statement. It's not how you start the race, Monica. It's how you finish it, okay? So you can pull your horse back and know when to pull him up and let him run home on the last furlong. So take that one while you're overseas. And certainly, if you want to criticise my work, well, that's up to you. But you don't have to follow me. You don't have to come onto my platform and try and be derogatory and, and call me um, things. I think it was disgusting. It was unprofessional. And, you know, the beautiful thing is, Monica, I haven't been inside. So that's one good thing. I haven't been behind the bars and um, certainly for a period of time. 
and uh, I've managed to come through, I've taken other people through and I'm not going to let individuals like you try and disrupt the, um, the, the plan and the um, momentum that we've got going at the moment. I think just best if you want to go and say something, just do it on your platform. And this goes to anyone else that if you want to come onto my platform, if you want to um, accuse me of, of not doing a good job, well, um, you know, I'm doing the best I can. What you cannot take away from me is my experience at a legislative level. I was a federal senator. I've read the books. I've still got all those tools and I know the law at that level. Am I a lawyer? No. Have people asked me to become a lawyer? Yes. Why would I not want to become a lawyer? Because they're dealing in a different jurisdiction that to me, if I did take that knowledge, I would be causing harm to my fellow Australians. And I ain't going to do that. So I'm sticking on the legislature side because if we don't fix the legislature, how may you fix everything down down the road. So it's a bit like if you don't fix the heart, how does the best how does the rest of the, the body operate? So that's that's where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> Poor Rod. It's hard to feel sympathy. I feel more sympathy for Rod in that situation than for Monica, I think. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So the other the other kind of main character that we everyone seems to know all about him. So we're just gonna keep this a little bit brief, but Wayne Glue mm. and his van down by the river, that's another one that's been that's ahead. He's probably, how long has he been at this? Oh. Do you know, there was, remember during the pandemic in, I think it was in Sydney or somewhere up that way, there was a delusional guy that interrupted the press conference and he was saying, and then we kind of looked him up and he was saying that he was like this. Um, the postmaster general. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the king of the universe or whatever. And when I went back into his old socials, he referenced Wayne Glue something like 10 years ago, Oh, this guy. Wayne's so how long has Wayne Glue been at this for? He's been at this. Like, that's the thing. Like, your Wayne Glues, your Brian Shaw, these guys, like, this isn't new to them, which I think no. is one of the reasons that we wanted to do that episode 11 or whatever it was because that was at this height of this I'm traveling, not driving thing that was going on and car windows being smashed. And people, I feel, felt that that was the the drawing or the caricature of someone who was a soft sit was that person. Whereas for people like Wayne, Rod, Brian Shaw, John Wilson, not the John Wilson that lives on the boat, the other John Wilson, <laughs> the soft sit jo John Wilson, they've been doing this, God, 20 years yeah, and like Mark Mark McMurtry as well. Correct. Yeah, he's, so he's like, like there an is old this school. there is this core group that yeah I've yeah, been yeah. at this in the courts repetitively for a very long time. I mean, with Wayne Glue, it's at least since two thousand and eight, and I'm sure it's before that. I can't. I'm not sure. I would have to like dig deep. I don't really have that sort of his like origin story right on me. But yeah, he's been at it for a long time. And it's kind of you know, and he he gets he builds legitimacy from the fact that he was a cop too. So yeah, like right. you know, I've I've heard him saying in lives that because he swore an oath, then like that sort of he still he's actually still he still sort of claims to be under that oath as a, as a kind of Commonwealth public officer. And the the sheriffs over here use that same like language. They they think of themselves as Commonwealth public officers, right? 
because they, they consider themselves as being loyal to the crown and like loyal to this sort of like system of laws that they think have been deliberately been that people have been deliberately trying to like kind of diminish the power of those laws for their agenda like and like Wayne Wayne will talk about like the homosexual agenda and things like that as well like he's that kind of guy but he wants to be he's like no man there's he's he's under the queen and there's like you know these layers and you know I don't think he's ever kind of referred to himself as a sheriff but that's kind of how he perceives himself he's like a constitutional expert and he's like the kind of the the um so is he advising the sheriffs uh, I would say absolutely, but how directly, I don't know, because I'm. He, I don't think he's in necessarily any of their private groups. But he's a, he's been at events that they've been at. They mm. rocked up at the Geraldton Courthouse when when he was uh, acquitted, and probably for the day he went in in the first place after his arrest. Um, they, I've seen some of the sheriffs in videos of his on YouTube from years ago. And Mandy, again, like the, Mandy Sineno, one of the, the founders of the sheriff, the, 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 the Sovereign People's Assembly of, of WA, she had done a fundraiser for Glenn like uh, a couple of, a few years ago as well. So they are, they are kind of intertwined, but, they, but those guys are also drawing on influences from elsewhere, like big time, yeah. the, the sheriffs, yeah. I just looked him up and he had his first case in court back in 2006. 2006, oh, wow. was it? Yes, yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So he was wow. probably active before then, but that yeah. was the first time he got everything well, together yeah. to actually go to court. And like I said, like that was when I first met, well, not first met, but somebody that I knew was yeah. talking about doing that same kind of stuff. So, and, like, I can't remember when David, because David Wynn Miller came to Australia, right? He was, like, the sausage mm. from the U.S. who moved out here yeah. over to the Gold Coast. So that was, probably, that was either, like, the late 90s or early 2000s. So that's when that sort of stuff was probably filtering, yeah. really sort of perfused through the community. Yeah, and I think, like you say, it's, like, this stuff wasn't new. Like, most of the stuff in the pandemic, I, I knew a bunch of people who were, like, anti-vax. I knew a bunch of people who were kind of, like, into kind of various types of conspiracies. I knew I, I knew of a lot of far-right people. I knew of all these kind of things. But I think, what yeah, what we saw in the pandemic was that all kind of coming together, yeah. But just to sort of like look at, you know, you're saying like they're kind of like the most fun. One of the, I feel like one of the weirdest things about the crew over here is that they're kind of entangled in like astrology. One of the sheriffs is Leith Masters. And yes, she kind of right. came in like a little bit later to their groups. And at first, like one of the guys, Alan Wallace, who was down with Rod Cullerton not long ago, like, cause they, you know, they were down kind of protecting his, this property in Williams or wherever he wherever yeah. was. But um, he was kind of a little bit skeptical of Leith Masters to begin with, because she has these kind of like grand juries of her own, like these online grand juries and a bunch of people from the freedom movement across the country have attended those. And it's like, you know, it's all about the kind of, oh, the mercury rising and this and that. and. And that this is the perfect time to have this kind of thing, and so they they have this quite uh, new age spiritual kind of infusion 
into this like they are not just sovereign beings under law they're like sovereign beings in like the love and light sense yeah. of yeah. that yeah. as well in the kind of you know yeah and it's it's quite it's quite unique yeah yeah, that's what I loved about Lizzie Rose because she managed to like mix her witchcraft into she baked it into the conspiracies. It was just so like they've got a good imagination, isn't it? Yeah. So Leith Masters is also a um, she's from Arise Australia, which is Sasha Stone affiliated. Exactly. Yeah, she's like an incense salesperson as well, and. Yeah, but like again, like uh, this is stuff that was around before, right? This is like this kind of new age sort of spirituality that does talk, relate to being sovereign, being in charge of your own body, not pow- and having like manif- and manifesting your own sort of place in the world. It kind of all fits into this 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 model that has kind of come out of that pa- this pandemic, like fusion of all these <laughs> ideas, right? So this was another thing that was present before, that is now somehow is related to like the queen being the true sovereign of the country <laughs> and the UN being involved you know oh and gosh. charging people with ch- charging kind of like the, the managers of the hospital with child trafficking tra- child trafficking and crimes against humanity somehow this has all yeah. come Isn't together amazing? now yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listeners, is where we introduce to you the Guardian Alliance and the Indigo Planetarium Shield Guardians roaming the Earth with one in particular, the real deal, Neil Douglas Branch. Okay, so we've covered anti vaxxers, COVID deniers, anti lockdown. Q conspiracy theorists, pseudo law sovsets, why not chuck in some alien stuff? Let's go. Everything, creation is designed so you have access to everything. You don't need a saviour, you know? Don't trust the Vatican. Don't trust the Vatican. And there's a big creation sphere there, look. And yeah, the planet is in the game you can communicate with the planet you can communicate with all life everywhere you can communicate with me you can communicate with any other indigo planetary shield gardens we're all here to assist we're here to assist what's called the crisp shift this is a crisp shifting planet it's moving into ascension it's plasma bodies coming online and it will no longer be electrostatic so the, the Niberian electrostatic transduction field will be taken down and we will be going coronoscopic, which will mean that all of us, all of us have been given the chance to return to source. 
rather than being pulled down a fallen angelic Abaddon black hole Lisa Drack phantom matrix okay this is a lot of truth for a lot of people and if you haven't heard this before stay tuned because I'm going to keep broadcasting and like I said you know uh, my name is Neil Douglas Branch I'm an Indigo Planetary Shield Guardian of the Perth Western Australian Shield and I'm the real deal he really is the real deal. Okay, Free, lead us into what the heck UFO cult thing this guy has dragged us all into. I must say, this was a fun rabbit hole for me. I've been hanging out to do UFOs and I truly went intergalactic but have returned and I still don't know what the fuck I just experienced. So yeah. Neil Branch is a cracker. Tell us about him. <laughs> so Neil Branch is... Uh, I don't know how to describe this guy. He, he, he's one. He's another one of the purple sheriffs. He's, he's, and he's quite a, he's quite a prominent one. And he, he was also a peacemaker, like one of one of Nick Patterson's guys. Yeah. And he is a sobsit through and through as well. And he's like kind of guy who is like, he has, like, like Mandy, I've seen him with like folders and folders of stuff that he like used to like basically not pay, I can't remember how much it was, like 60 bucks on a mortgage or something like that. He like <laughs> just like so much effort just to like not kind of pay a little bit of money for something. And also recently, obviously, he was like in a big thing where he didn't pay a, uh, he, oh, he, yeah, he got a traffic infringement in Victoria Park and he went yeah. to the Supreme Court eventually with this thing and basically like, just got mocked mercilessly by the judge because it's just it's just but he he's just and he, he just could not understand why they didn't understand his case he's just like <laughs> yeah. but, but the thing the thing about him is is that like so he's got this like again we're not just talking about a guy who sees himself as sovereign in the sense of the law he is a part of this online alien christian kind of fusion kind of new age cult i guess is the only way you could describe it it is it actually is a cult um yeah, yeah i looked into it 100 yeah, percent so, <laughs> he's gone like, from one cult to a whole other cult and like he 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 because he refers to himself like on his facebook he refers to himself as the eternal guardian lion progenitor and divine <laughs> instrument of the eternal eternally loving god source force he's also a freeman <laughs> at sacred secured sacred secured party creditor He's an ether commander at Mashaya Hana Crystal River Councils of Aquarian. He's cathedral <laughs> command at Yufurash Yar Shield Formation. I can't even pronounce it. Because the thing is with Neil, Neil does these uh, incredibly long Facebook screeds all the time where he's basically speaking another language that's fully formed out of this yeah. kind of cult that he's in. And it's actually really difficult to know what he's saying, it's, it's essentially it comes across as a positive affirmation, right? It just reads like this really long positive affirmation, but yeah, it, it is so full of jargon and <laughs> words spelt in ways that you, you don't know what they mean. And, like, I guess that's fine, but it's a, it's a really, like, he's a, he's, he's a character, man. And, like, and half of his yeah. Facebook is him reposting old screeds that he's posted with a yeah. new screed to kind of like to top it off. And then he has people in his comments who are from this kind of cult answering in the same kind of 
sort of language. Language. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I don't really think he's, I don't think he's really sort of like got anybody else in the movement that I know of that's kind of like the, in within the sheriff movement that is as deep into this particular rabbit hole, which is which is the like the Alhambra. Sorry, what is it called? Let me just let me just get yeah, this right. Yeah, Alhambra the, is the right. The Alhambra Magistry Councils of the Cosmanyahas. And <laughs> I think like you've done a bit of deep dive on this, so you can probably even tell me a bit more about the the. Uh, oh, the, the I founder just of I it. just had a look. Yeah, the um, she's um, Ashaya Dean, and right. she invented uh, this thing called Kelontic science. And then basically she's been doing this for years and years. She's based out of Florida, well, was based out of Florida, and then I think the grift was up over there and she went over to Europe and has now landed in the UK. But she is a, she is a cult leader in her own right and she's created this whole thing. So basically, and I, I actually did try it out one night, where you can do these like code things. It's got these little graphic things yeah on, on your hand so you've got to put you know I ended I was putting my palm to my head <laughs> and um and then she puts you through these so-called meditations where she's describing to you what you should be imagining and then you'll end up you're going to travel uh, to she's basically channeling the guardian alliance which is basically this race of aliens and you would have heard there's there's a lot of kind of intersection with this it's like when you hear about star seeds and the palladians and the yeah whatever else alien spe- species that are out there so yes yeah, so she, she's basically very special because you know cult leaders are they're very special she has special knowledge she has direct communication to the guardian alliance and she's basically training people like neil to be like what does he call himself there um which, which title he's earned so many the Indigo Planetarium Shield Guardian. He's a yeah. shield guardian. So and no doubt so he's paying, weird. I have no doubt that he's paying a pretty penny for the knowledge that she is offering, yeah. you know. So his workshops and stuff, yeah. Yeah. She's a scammer. <laughs> yeah. But again, like, and it's hard to know, like, because, like, the effort some of these folks go into, like, they, they're, like, pumping out, like, I was just looking at, like, some diagram from of, of Ashaya Deans while we were talking, and it's like, it's this elaborate ascension map, essentially, of how you're going to like kind of like rise up and move through your chakras and, and like what and look, whatever floats your boat. Like, I guess, like, if, if this helps you get yeah. through the day, then sure. But I always just worry about people like this who are like they're getting scammed by someone like this and and then they're going out into society and and they're kind of like living out the consequences. Like Ashaya Dean is making a yeah. making 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 bank while Neil Branch is out there arguing over a hundred dollar fine because he parked his car in the wrong spot and trying to convince other people of this because they believe they can manifest whatever result they want, you know, and then they'll <laughs> use anything at all. This is the other thing. They just use anything at all to to justify it. Oh, it's the law's broken. Oh no, the the the, the it's a conspiracy. Oh, the my ex has got it in for me because half of these folks all come from the the family law courts as well. So everything in the world is is against them. Everything is something else's fault. It's a conspiracy. It's this, that, is that. And yeah. they'll do anything. They'll do anything within their power except actually just take responsibility <laughs> for their own actions. <laughs> I do. 
I do want to uh, take a moment here. I'm going to share a clip uh, for the listeners and it is basically him talking. So he talks in a lot of jargon, which we would have heard earlier, but this clip is him standing out the front of the court after he went in to dispute his parking fine. I almost suspect that they go out and get parking fines just so they can do this little show because what happens is they turn up to court but they turn up with an audience right and then there's someone live streaming and they stand in front and they give it get interviewed about well this is what I'm doing today and I'm going to go and argue this and then they come they go in and to an applaud you know they're all clapping them as they come in and then they go out and then they're like oh how did it go you know how'd you go and then they talk about how it went and it's just I feel like they are doing it they, they end up with like something that would have cost $80 starts costing 1500 and then it starts costing so much more than that. But I almost feel like they do it for the attention <laughs> and it, like it's not really about the money, it's just they want to do this interaction. So anyway, have a listen to this, uh, him talking uh, outside the court. <laughs> Welcome to my world. All right, so today we are hoping for an administration of justice by Justice Seawood. What has transpired today is a living man, a common law sheriff, constitutional sheriff, has gone in to this court and stood in the power of sovereign law. Stood in the power of being a crown sovereign, living man in all three jurisdictions, as crown, as living, and in the, um, in the jurisdiction of maritime as the secured party creditor over the debtor. So I've walked in there with peace and honour in my heart, knowing exactly what they're up to and what, what they're doing across the whole entire world. And I've made them an offer that they can't refuse. And I've laid down the law to the fullest extent of the law. And this law is God's law, common law, and it's just the ultimate law, constitutional law, constitutional imperial law. So we're standing in the power of Magna Carta 1215. We're standing in the power of um, the Bill of Rights, 1688. We're standing in the power of the Acts of Settlement, 1701. Habeas Corpus, 1679. And we're standing in the Constitution, UK. The Australian, Australian Commonwealth was constituted on, on the 1st of... Um, on the 1st... So what brought you here? Why are you here? Why am I here? <laughs> I'm here for freedom. So, so it's kind of funny because, like Neil, after his appearance in court, because I think he was kind of inspired. There's another local cosmic sovsit, really, by the <laughs> name of Dawn Kelly, who's also like pretty well connected across the country, and kind of a yeah. uh, she's a force to be reckoned with in her own right. But she's another character by anyone's standards. But like, you know, he was he got out of the court and he was like, oh, you know, I'm surprised Dawn's not here to see me, kind of thing, like. But she, she, did, she barely even turned up to her own court case. I don't know what he expected. Oh, we have to move on to Dawn Kelly here right now then, I guess. Okay. So one of my favourites, Johnny Q, has done <laughs> us a great service and reenacted how the court process started for Dawn's case, where she was declared absent, even though she was, in fact, there. All because she refused to state that she was, in fact, Dawn Kelly, as per the court requirement, because that name was in capital letters and we know what that means so 
this is the door Kelly cast. So I just want to play this out so here it goes. Alright, so I'm gonna do what um her honor and Dawn. <laughs> so when the appealing's matter was called by the court orderly on 13th of September 2022, the following exchange took place between the person who came forward and the magistrate. Not the orderly. From the Kayleys calling the matter of Kelly, Dawn, Michelle, Kelly. Her honour. Alright, remain standing please. Are you Dawn Kelly? I'm on, for the record, I am Dawn Michelle, Minister Dawn Michelle, Executor for the Dawn Michelle Kelly Estate. Her honour. Alright, well, unless you're Dawn Kelly, you have standing to appear in court. And Dawn says, okay. And her honour went. If you have, oh, I'm not Dawn Kelly and, and have no standing to appear in court, you must leave the courtroom. So either you are Dawn Kelly or you're not Dawn Kelly. And if you are not Dawn Kelly, please leave the courtroom. Dawn says, under duress, Your Honour. Not under anything. Dawn says, under duress, Your Honour says, if you are not Dawn Kelly, then if you are Dawn Kelly, you must announce your appearance in court. If you are not Dawn Kelly, you are to leave the courtroom. Dawn says, I'm Dawn Michelle, executor for the Dawn Michelle Kelly estate. Her Honor says, I don't recognize that in any way. All I can assume is that you are not Dawn Kelly and, and, and you are to leave the courtroom. Dawn, sorry, I have just one moment, please. Her Honor. Please, unless you're Dawn Kelly and, and answer yes or no as to whether you are Dawn Kelly. Dawn. I am the natural, you know, the executor for contracts for the natural private person. So that is a, Her Honor says, this court does not, and then Dawn says, misnomer, and then Her Honor says, recognize, and then Dawn says, sorry, what's that? And then Her Honor says, that sort of, and then Dawn says, your name, and then Your Honor says, nonsense argument, and then Dawn says, what's your name? And then Her Honor says, <laughs> This person is not Dawn Kelly. They have no standing to appear. They refuse to announce their appearance to the court and they may leave. Thank you. And the matter will now be heard in the absence of any person. Thank you. Please leave, whoever you are. Please leave, whoever you are. Hilarious. <laughs> all right. So Dawn Kelly. Oh, my gosh. Tell us all about Dawn Kelly. <laughs> Well, I mean, so, I mean, look, WA, it seems like it's kind of a bit of a hub for these kind of like, you know, like this kind of crystal sovereign being type <laughs> folks. And like Dawn Kelly is, you know, she's she's just one of the kind of, I don't know, she's like a perfect example of it. Like she's got like this website where she will literally sell you a red ensign flag or trespass notices, but she'll <laughs> also then sell you like, zombie apocalypse survival kit with colloidal <laughs> silver and like homeopathic first aid and third eye protection and then <laughs> and then on the same website because it's a bit of a one-stop shop she's like literally selling off courses on like how to unincorporate your name and how to manifest your kind of I don't know like your inner self and like that divine <laughs> navigation I love how she's mixed it so it's so for those who don't know, practical lawful dissent is like this international sort of pseudo-legal thing. It's really big. But she's kind of 
added her little mix into it. Yeah. So her courses were actually called Practical Lawful Ascension. <laughs> I just thought that was so cute. I know, yeah. <laughs> and like, and but and you and you you achieve this by using her like inner compass, which is registered trademark. Yep. And it, which comes with like divinity codes. She's like again, like they, you you be more than just sovereign under law. You become like a sovereign being. But then as well, like I guess if that gets all a bit too much for you, she also offers goddess massages, which um, <laughs> where like whereas like oh, she God. claims it's the gateway to the divine, and you'll be safe in the womb of the sacred mother. And uh, this comes with like some sacred touch, some breath exploration. That doesn't sound kosher. It's got some hypnotherapy involved, some energy clearing, and something she calls coalescence alchemy. So she's oh. kind of got it all going on. And she's, she's <laughs> been around for a while again. And, like, another one who, like, she was getting fines in the mail for, like, I think it was in 2021, the last the, the first video I saw of hers. And she had a... Um, she got another fine, $100 speeding on the freeway or something like that. And she sent back this, like, this fine with all this, like, do not contract, blah, 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 just scribbled all over <laughs> the fine, just returned it to the cops as if that's going to get her anywhere. But, you know, she just keeps trying. She keeps selling these courses to people. And she she's run her own, like, she's connected up with people through uh, Commonwealth Custodians, um, yes. which is kind of like a, a broader network of sort of sovereign citizens sort of, I guess folks who yeah, are they were trying to, kind of to like... do. They were the ones responsible trying to get together a parallel election and trying yeah. to elect people with yeah, caretaker seats. Yeah, but I oh, they right. I don't know what really too much what they're doing up these days. But yeah, that one kind of fell apart. But yeah, she she is she's. Um, we also see her mentioned uh, quite a fair bit uh, around living in private, which is like Royal Registry stuff. I've seen her being mentioned quite a bit. And she had a recent um, arrest, which was hilarious. The video is hilarious because she had fake plates, fake sovereign yeah, plates. that's right. She had yeah. the flag on her car. She refused a random breath test and all this stuff. Oh, gosh. It was, yeah, there was very typical salt seat. Yeah, there's like footage <laughs> the of the cops removing the plates and stuff from her yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> She's so proud of herself. Yeah, yeah, and she's and she's got her like um, little group of people. They have their little lives. And I think her YouTube channel's been taken down because like she she posts a lot of like just misinformation, just straight up misinformation. <laughs> and again, she ties it all into like the diggers and that sort of like you know it's like oh the Australia we used to know has been taken from us type vibe mm. as well. You know, it's it's more of that kind of like. I guess it's like, yeah. oh, they're changing the name of the cheese, boomer grievance stuff that is just so common in this movement yeah. across the board. And it seems to drive a lot of their search for some way of bringing it back in, under their control, you know? So they're, they're, they're looking yeah. for like, you know, these these like sort of like pseudo legal options. They're looking for like, you know, cosmic options. They're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever, even a massage from someone who seems to be, like, in the same mindset as them who can kind of, like, massage yeah. them back into, like, who they are supposed to be, you know, and how things are supposed to be. Yeah. I think for a lot of them now they just need to be right. Yeah. Like, they've, they've invested so much. Like, some of these people have invested their jobs, their savings, their families. 
their friends. They just need to be right. And if that, if the right, if the right for them is not having to pay a speeding fine, then, ha, see, I was right. Well, look at Dawn Kelly. That's exactly right. You look at Dawn Kelly at the moment. Um, She had a win uh, in the court because the judge didn't allow her to not uh, attend court. She was she used a, a sick certificate, but it was the second time. She, she was just trying to delay the court proceedings and she'd done it. She tried it on and she'd got away with it the first time because she said she was sick, sick certificate. That's fine. So they adjourned it and then she came back with another sick certificate and the judge was like, I'm not accepting this, this is crap, and just charged her then and there, just did it without her uh, present. And then uh, she obviously appealed that and on appeal it actually showed that the judge had erred, like that wasn't correct. She should have allowed her to adjourn or whatever. So that set a precedent. What that's now telling all of them is that you actually don't have to be present because she got proven that she didn't have to be there and they think that's a win somehow. Yeah, it doesn't, like, it doesn't really make sense. So... I got this in my letterbox a couple of days ago, right? So it's a paper. It's only a few, you know, it's not very big and everything. And at first I just um, didn't pay much attention to it. <laughs> and then I started reading it and I was blown away. I mean blown away. I was, oh my God, they've been going through my telecom feed. No, not really. But I'm just saying on every page... There was an article that I was glued to reading. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'd never heard of this. I didn't even know it existed, so this is why I'm going to tell everyone about it. No, I'm not getting a kickback. I've got no affiliation with this paper. It literally turned up in my letterbox, and I just thought I would pass it on because this is how we share information, right? This single little newspaper, I'm telling you, I can see the potential of this just going gangbusters. This is going to be huge. And the more of us to get behind it and start pushing it and getting it out there, the better. So it's basically, it's called The Light Australia. Um, So The Light newspaper is this propaganda anti-vax newspaper that's going around. It started in the UK and now it's here in Australia. And it was started by Judy Wileyman. And she has... Uh, she's done a PhD, doctorate, whatever. It's actually quite controversial, her PhD. It's an anti-vax PhD and a lot of people are saying it's actually she should never have got it. It's based on a lot of errors, whatever. That's come out of Western Australia. So now what happens is that if you're over in Melbourne, you can go order. So people are fundraising for themselves to pay light newspaper to print a thousand, two thousand, and then the point is to not sell them is to actually leave them in your doctor's mm. office or anywhere that you think that anyone could just come across, and you, you're supposed to give it away, hand it out, just get it out. Yeah, I saw that there's a bit of a strategy going on at the moment to leave them at truck stops. Mm. Oh god, like in cafes where truckies are. Yeah, see the because th- the other thing that I I think we're seeing in that sort of permeates this movement is christian outreach there's this kind of like there's this real sort of like you saw it in canberra you had all these like really kind of fervent christians getting up and they're like it's like they're at a christian camp and they're getting up and they're telling their stories and they're like you know there's a lot of like just you know there's a lot of christian nationalists within the movement there's a lot of Mm -hmm. kind of but Mm -hmm. this sort of stuff 
where these guys are really true believers and they organize and they they will go out and they, they think they're, they're pretty much spreading the, the gospel as far as they're concerned. And they're yeah, organizing. Yeah. And some of these people have a bit of cash. Some of them were professionals. Like Judy mm-hmm. Wileman, she's not a respected professional, but she, she does speaking to us. She, I'm sure she does all right. She's about to leave WA. I'm not sure where she's going. She might be going back over to, like, she got a PhD in Wollongong. And it's like, yeah, it's like you said, it was super controversial. Part of the argument was is that the, the supervisors on a PhD weren't qualified to really be supervising a PhD of that nature. And then she ends yeah. up being granted a doctorate, which she now gets to use forever <laughs> as legitimacy for her, like, bullshit, essentially. But she yeah. just continues because yeah. she basically wrote a PhD validating her own bias, which is, like, not really <laughs> what you're supposed to do, at least not in a medical, at least not in, like, a medical sort of, like, sense. And or like a, an epidemiology type framework, you know. So, but yeah, so she started this thing up, and like some of the early people in Perth that really like were promoting it are there's a guy here um, who was basically he was like the big uh, reignite democracy guy here, but he's also a sheriff, and he's also like <laughs> he's also one of the guys who's responsible for pumping out. The white, you know, the fake white rose stickers that you see. Yes, so, yes. So yes. he's one of the guys in Perth who's responsible for pumping those out. And 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 oh, so wow. this guy is like, he's a, he's a bit of a mover and shaker. He's like, if there's if there's a little organization going on, he was in stand in the park. He was like all this kind of stuff. So he was big in promoting and getting the light off the ground as well. At least maybe not like in the backing sense, but in the in the mm. promulgating it through the through the online community here and. And you know, it's, it's it's popped up at like universities and like cafes and mm. yeah. So yeah, it's everywhere. Unfortunately, the concerning part is that they claim that they have sold over a million copies, or that they've printed over a million copies. Yeah, but at the same time, like these are the same folks who they're pretty okay with fudging numbers, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's right. Now, are we and, talking cooker's math here? <laughs> and also, like, even if there was a million copies printed of the light and then they drop off 10 at this place or 100 at this place, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, distribution is different to readership. Yeah, and the issue with things like that, with things like that, though, is that if it gets in sort of the, the right hands and it might look a little bit indistinguishable from some other bit of news you know but i get like i'm saying it feels a little bit like someone dropping like a jehovah's witness brochure on you or something like that i feel it's only a matter of time before i read one at my hairdresser yeah exactly exactly (laughs) that's 100 percent where i hit my hairdresser my hairdresser is a little bit surprised if they were dropping them in medical centers you know Oh yeah. God, no, 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 yeah. no! That's a nightmare. <laughs> oh well, I think we. I mean, look, those white rose stickers ended up absolutely everywhere. I feel like every public toilet I went to, there was a yeah. sticker. Yeah, yeah. They're really prolific at getting those out there. <laughs> well, well, they. Well, that's not like they're, they're like an international thing. I'm pretty sure they came out of the UK originally. Um, they're they're kind of a bit, uh, yeah, they did as well. To yes, trace. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah. they are international as well because basically they just teach, they just tell you buy this type of printer and then they're basically just 
and then people submit designs to like the Telegram group or whatever, and then you just print them out. And so there's there's ones in like Spanish, there's ones in German, there's ones in different, all sorts of different languages. It's a, it's fully, that those fake white rose things are a fully global global thing, yeah. I'm Ricardo Bozzi, a published author, international business consultant, former Australian Army Special Forces Lieutenant Colonel, and a former Senate candidate. And I am but one of many who are creating a new political party, Australia One. Like, as far as Ricardo coming over, it was a bit of a non-event, to be honest, when he came to WA at least, which is kind of what I think most of his life is at the moment, which is really great. I love to see it. Yep. He's... Uh, Terrible person. Maybe, I don't know if he's the worst, but he's definitely, he's just a bit of a pig. And uh, even people in mm-hmm. who went out to see him were not pleased with what they paid their five bucks for. They just basically were like, oh, just repeating the same stuff. And also because his strategy yeah. during the voice referendum was to yes. abstain. And a lot not of people were like, yeah. a lot of people were like, that's ridiculous. You've never helped us. They started to see like he's never done anything constructive, and because they were like, "What's the point in not voting? That means yes votes will win because they're all going to vote no." And yeah. so yeah, so he 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 didn't, yeah. he didn't they didn't let him speak at the the rally that he attended. He went to a few different places, and I'm sure people went there, but nobody seemed really interested to be honest, which I was really happy about. It, I was That's listening good. to Carl Weibold earlier, and he's obviously in the middle of a tiff with Ricardo and he actually said you know I've got this platform here that he's more than welcome to use but Rick and Guru have decided that their audience is in America that's where they're putting all of their time and effort I don't know why what are the people in America going to do to help us here but that's obviously what they're doing and it is like Ricardo every second day is on some bloody patriot tv thing in the states because they love him that's they right love and, that, him. and it's obvious why he's doing it because he gets fluffed to the max absolutely he, he all he's after he goes on there and he's just he just gets to preen be like yeah and 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 tell people who have no idea about anything happening here bullshit they want to hear and they just kind yeah. of have this yeah. kind of like it's like a little D and D meeting. They just kind of like have like they just make up yeah. fantasy together and just kind of like build it up and kind of construct it more and more. And then they're like, yeah, and then they all go away, and none of it matters. No, <laughs> no, that's it. It's just like this little fantasy um, Q and A's. These that end with these little fantasies about what weird. the world's going to look like when they take yeah. over. <laughs> it's so yeah, it's like, it's like a creative. It's like a creative writing session. You know, an improv it session. Is. It's like just yeah. But, yeah, that's why. So that concludes our rundown of the Western Australian freedom scene. We want to say a huge thank you to Free for joining us tonight. And you can find Free on Twitter at underscore XHMKO underscore. Do you have anything else you want to add there, though, at all? Um... Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be on this. I love, I, I love you guys. I love your show. And um, <laughs> you know, I always I always look forward to uh, whatever communications we have and 
watching what you guys do. You guys, I really appreciate the, the work you guys do too, going out and stuff. So that's stuff people know about. But yeah. Thank you. And as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at Sauce149 and Sunny Sandy with two E's. And if you want to support us, please join us over at our Patreon community where we share more content, blogs, links, and you can choose your tier depending on what colour of Bosi's hat you want to be. I'm going to leave you with a clip actually from Ricardo Bosi's tour. And I was trying to go through trying to decide, well, what do I show you all? Like, do we do I show a clip of them talking about the royal family, how the royal family is fake? Or how about the white hats, the saving children from the underground tunnels? Yeah, they, they talk about that stuff. Or him talking about the executions that will take place once they take over ruling Australia, whatever. Um, you know, that's basically what they all talk about. But instead, I am going to show you a clip here is a sovereign Western Australian woman talking about how she found her balls during an unfortunate dispute with her neighbours on Facebook about her noisy rooster called Brutus. It's hilarious. Stay and listen. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yep, wait, hang on. Okay, I found my balls, mate. And it's over a rooster. You know those things that make noises and wake people up early hours in the morning? Yeah, well, I, uh, me and my husband purchased an anchor of land, semi rural. Didn't mention anything about roosters, so we got chooks. And I happened to purchase um, a good line of chickens, and one of them happened to be a most beautiful rooster. I loved him. I called him Brutus. He was gorgeous. So I thought, well, I'll see if I can get away with keeping him, right? Because he's just too beautiful. And the owner that sold me the rooster in the first place said, oh, you know, you can give him back to me. And I said, what's going to happen to him? And she goes, oh, he's going to end up in the pot. And I'm like, damn straight, you're not killing Brutus. No way. So, what happened was, I was just playing a call for a while, and okay, he started to find his mojo. So I had to put a band around his neck. And one of them Velcro bands, you know, that restrict them from expanding to make that really loud croak. But I didn't catch Brutus on time. Brutus had said, nah, I'm crowing. <laughs> so Brutus started crowing, and he's letting everyone know he's around. And I was like, listen, mate, you better cut that out, mate, because the people around here is going to get really shitty soon. And, uh, yeah, sure, they got shitty. So we tried to make light of it. They went on the page. They didn't come and knock on the door or anything. They didn't, like, come around and say, oh, look, Rosemary, you know. I know you love chickens, but, you know, your rooster's getting a bit noisy and all that. No. Nah. They decided to be a bully. <coughs> and that was a bad mistake. <laughs> I don't like bullies. So, I was like, we tried to make light of it. Tony tried to make a little joke because they put KFC on there, threatening to knock Brutus off. Tony said, yeah, you're right. We know about KFC. 
So he made a little remark on there, so that shut him up for a little bit. Anyway, it's starting to get a little bit worse, so I went on there and said, look, settle down, keep your shirt on. I'm, I'm a rehoping Brutus, all right? The guy needs a good home. He deserves to breathe air just like anyone else. He's here to do a job. So I'm waiting to find a place for him. So that was good. But apparently, apparently, I was, I had only so many days. But they forgot to tell me that. Forgot to come and talk to me. And, you know, let me know that I only had eight days. You know, so they started on me, the bullying. Bad mistake. So anyway, that evening, unbeknownst to me, I took him off to Harvey. I found a beautiful place for him. This guy is awesome. He's only um, 20 and he wants to breed his own chickens. So he thought Brutus was awesome. And his girls loved him straight away. He's in there telling them where dinner is. Even though they already knew, but you know, he's letting them know dinner's on the ground and I'm here now. Everything's good. <laughs> so I was pretty happy. Anyway, I'm driving home and I happened to get on my phone. And oh, here we go. Public forum. That street page, you know? And I'm sure everyone's had that street page. And they're all on there. Bitch facing about me, damn rooster. He's not even there. And I'm like, right on, okay? And I don't say the C word unless I'm really pissed. <laughs> well, that C word brood. By the time I got home, that person that threw the rule book at me and I told him to go stick that rule book, because that rule book doesn't apply to me. I'm sovereign. I let him know. I sure as hell let him know. Don't look at me. Don't look over at my fence. Don't look at my place. Next time you want something and you want to let me know about something, come talk to me. Be, have some manners. Have some respect. Grow some balls. Grow some balls, come and see me first. But I'm afraid they're a little scared of me because they know I don't take no shit from nobody. You can do it. I took the whole street on. I took the whole street on and I gave them the C word at the back of my veranda. I freaking give it to them. I flash their house with my big old spotties I got. Love my youth. Got every spotty on it. I gave it to them. <clears throat> and and the, after that, they had to cut me off the page. <laughs> but you know what? It's all peaceful because I walk in my backyard and. I'm pretty happy and everyone's hiding from me. <laughs>